Tenakoto Katoa. Welcome. This is the New Zealand Wine Podcast. I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for listening in. In this episode, we're looking at part one in our overview of French wine. You may well ask, why are we looking at French wine on the New Zealand Wine Podcast? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, I don't think you can have too much of a conversation about wine without having a reference point back to France. And secondly, we were just aiming to provide a really basic and foundational entry point for those who are just commencing their wine journey and are interested in just learning about the basics of wine in France. What are the different regions? What do things mean like Bordeaux blend? How do their naming conventions work? To do this, I have Jean-Christophe Poisard, who imports French wine into Auckland, New Zealand, and whose family has been involved in the wine industry for a number of centuries, and Marc Today, who, as you will hear, has a rather extensive knowledge of French wine. If you'd like to know anything further about today's podcast, or perhaps listen to some previous podcasts or see what's coming up, just look up the New Zealand Wine Podcast online. But right now, let's have a chat with Jean-Christophe and Marc. Today I have with me Jean-Christophe Poisard. Very good, thank you very much. And Mark today. Hey. So Jean-Christophe, wine in France. Uh, Why when we think of wine do we immediately think of of France and of French culture? I mean it's obviously uh, very intertwined with... um, Lots of things that go on in France. Yeah, and and history is probably the, the you know the, the big thing because uh, we'd be probably um, one of the first, um, or Europe anyways, and France being that one of the first countries to um, to um, plant uh, vines. Although we got to go back to um, you know 600 BC for the Greek to settle in France, and and when they settled uh, Marseille. This uh, wonderful, it's the second largest of the uh, city of France, and they brought all their um, their bits and pieces with them, and, and viticulture was one of them. So, mm-hmm. so we got to go back to there, and then of course the Romans who play a very important part in the in the viticulture, who um, who really um, from Italy uh, brought their um, their drinking habits i suppose and uh, and i think since then uh, um you know when they moved to to uh, to the middle ages we'll know we know that the monks were a very very big part of the french viticulture who really developed it and uh, and um until the, the french revolution where all turned into custard and and from from church who used to own a lot of of land um was distributed amongst the, the, the people of uh, the people of france but um it's always been it's always been part of our um way of life it's it's part it was it's been part of our diet uh for centuries and uh, and part of our religion as well and and i think that um um we were for a long time the, the largest consumers of uh, of of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, wine is uh, is not necessarily a, um, considered as a beverage. Would you say is considered as more as a, a way of life? So you have food, but food doesn't come without wine. Mm. And uh, and you got to go back to the Middle Ages for that, and uh, and maybe even before that. But the monks certainly were, you know, were. You know, we're very big consumers of uh, with their food of uh, of wine, and and let's face it, you, you know, you, you 
part of a religion you, you have it seven times a day you know mm. um, um, so so it's uh, France is definitely and, and, and Italy the same and, and, and probably Europe you can probably put Europe in the same in the same basket and uh, they, they, it's a big way of life mm. Mm. big way of life mm. um, yeah I don't know, Mark. Do you want to add something? Maybe, but um, you say it on a different. No, no, I, I I agree with that. I mean, I think one of the reasons why it took off in France, of course, was just the climate of the country um, is conducive. Um, it's not too far north. It's mm. not too far south. It's on the Atlantic. Um, so the further east you go, um, the continental climate starts making itself more apparent. So, um, so the winters become much colder. The summers become much hotter. Um, mm. So you know, we just finished talking about Bordeaux. And one of the reasons why Bordeaux is so great is because of the two rivers, the estuary, the Atlantic, um, the nature of the clay, the nature of the the, the gravel in the Medoc. Mm. Um, and... You see throughout the country, um, um, if you look at a map of wine-growing regions in France, it's pretty much unlike that of any other country in that every part of the country appears to make alcoholic beverages mm -hmm. and especially, and in particular, wine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think climate plays a lot. You're right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, um, and all those regions um, have evolved into developing quite a unique style of, of wine as well, many of them. That, that's right. Mm. Um, mm. Well, I mean, for instance, Bordeaux, 400 years ago, probably was making more white wine than anything else. Right. Uh, things, things evolve. Um, uh, 400 years ago, Lafitte uh, was probably broken up. Um, it was owned by one family, but there were probably 90 subsistence um, farmers working the land, growing mm. mainly wheat. Mm. Mm. So it would have been very nice, expensive bread, I suppose. But um, I think they're probably better off doing grapes. Uh, I think just another thing to think about, just why why does a country um, get known for a certain kind of beverage? So why, why is uh, Germany so well-known for beer? Also Riesling, um, but beer. It's, it's, it's probably because that's what they could make in the Middle Ages. So, for instance, in the Middle Ages, water was pretty dangerous really one had to boil water to make sure that one wouldn't get sick mm. so in the middle ages and before alcoholic beverages actually were the most healthful things that one could drink mm. so if you see i mean it's kind of similar to why do we like smoked meats now or uh, why do people enjoy salt cod we don't need to preserve food this way anymore but we've developed over hundreds of years um through a culture, we've developed a taste for these specific flavors. And I think in the case of France, um, in the case of, for instance, let's say cider in the UK, beer in the UK, you see these, these further north, uh, these colder, less temperate zones seem to fixate more on beer than wine, whereas uh, the more Mediterranean mm -hmm. countries such as France, Italy, Spain, much more uh, conducive to growing grapes. Mm -hmm. uh, That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm. And we got that's you know, and definitely because the, the oldest uh, the oldest vineyard of France is definitely more south than it is north. It, eventually, the Roman took it 
north, but originally it was very much in the in the Provence, Languedoc, Roussillon area. Um, and like like um, Mark was saying, it's very much where the, the uh, wine became part of their of their their everyday. Uh, drinking, mm. yeah. I mean, look at the cheese as well. I mean, yep. the cheese is un- un- unbelievable in France. How great it is, and also just the regional differences. And one could look at Germany, England, Spain, uh, Italy mm. for the same thing. Cheese, mm. cheese. Everyone ate cheese. A great way of preserving dairy. And and why is it that they, everyone wasn't making cheddar? Mm. Why why is it that certain parts of France decided to grow? Um, uh, soft rind cheeses, hard cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you touched a little bit on the um, the history of ownership of of vineyards. Um, mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, so did that come through from um, the church owning large areas of land. Yeah, we got uh, we we you know from the Roman then obviously. Um, uh, the monks were the next big, uh, how would you say? Landowners. Yeah, the big landowners, um, um, because again, part of their religion and uh, and they had little, um, you know, the abbeys, you know, the little churches who needed to mm. to have some wine for um, for their breakfast, I suppose, um, and uh, and. Um, uh, it all changed when uh, when the French Revolution, where all these lands were then distributed um, to um, to uh, the people of uh, of France, and and where church had no uh, no um, how do you call it uh, vineyards mm-hmm. owned to them. Um, but before that, it was uh, they were the biggest and the most and the wealthiest uh, landowners, vineyard owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, in France, so it was it was distributed amongst the amongst the people, if you yep, like. And so. do we still see a legacy of that today? Yeah, very much so. I mean, we, you know, some some vineyards have been owning owned by the same people, the same family for generation and generation. Mm. Maybe not dating back from uh, from the French Revolution, mind you. There might be some. Uh, I I um I've uh, we do we do a bit we do business with um. With a wonderful domain in the in the southern Rhone, and uh, and he's got a uh, um, a tree there, well, a family tree, sorry, and um, they're dating back to um, sixteen hundred twelve, I think. Wow. Uh, the domain is called Domain Alari, and um, I mean it's quite incredible that you know we still had a, a French king. Mm. At the head of uh, of France, and these people were still were, were already making wine in the same village, you know, that they are today. Mm. That know? sort of, I mean, I mean, that sort of history and continuity, certainly for uh, us in younger lands, is something that's that's quite exceptional. Oh, that's that's exceptional. And and when you see this uh, this you know family tree, and 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 then the guy tells you that well, we've been in this village and making you know wine with the same land. And Louis the Fourteenth was uh, was the head of France. You know, mm. I mean, mm. how cool is that? Mm. I mean, there are not that many of us. You know, you're talking six, sixteen or seventeen generation, and uh, but nevertheless, they, they are they do exist. And mm. and is there is there any um, reason for that? Is there any legislation around uh, land ownership that's contributed towards this heritage of of chateau or or, or vineyards within france well you 
anybody, any generation c- could could have sold the lands and and do something completely different. But I think it's a, it's very much one of his um, business, if you want to call it business. Um, don't forget that they are farmers. Uh, that's what they are. They are they are farming. Uh, not animals, but they are farming, mm. you know, vines, crops, really yeah. crops. Yeah, and uh, and um, for many generations as well, they they were not just doing just wine. They were a multi-purpose um, uh, agriculture. Uh, you know, so they had a little bit of wheat, as we mentioned a little bit earlier on, mm-hmm. and and they had they might probably add a little bit of uh, of cows and a little bit of goats and things mm-hmm. like this, and and wine was just. Part of all this farming uh, mm. thing, so so uh, they are farmers. So uh, classically, farmers I think move from one, one generation, generation to another mm. generation. Mm. I mean, we see that mm. in New Zealand. You mm. know, we got some mm. farms who've been in the family for for, for a few generations. For a yeah. few generations. Mm. So it's the same, really, isn't yeah. it? That's right. And I mean, one seeing this happening. Um, in New World wineries also, I can think of Pegasus Bay is now mm. passing into the next generation, Donaldson family. Um, one of the um, uh, quote-unquote cult wines of uh, uh, California's Harlan Estate, and I just read an interview with uh, William Harlan, who owns it, and he's very forthright in that he's trying to make a quote-unquote first-growth wine that he can pass down through his family family for generations and generations. So I think it's this um, this allure of um, the French example is inspiring mm. um, people in the new world to... And is, it, is there something about uh, growing grapes and making wine that um, is quite different to other forms of agriculture and certainly other forms of, of business because, after mm. all, they are businesses? Yes, but cheese would be uh, would be probably uh, another kind of uh, of artisan. So the gen- um, it's been going for generations, often. Yeah, right? very much so. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a wonderful thing to pass on, you mm. know. Um, but I, I, you know, I can't see many other countries who would have not that, you know, in the farming industry. I think mm-hmm. in the mm. farming. Mm. Because they are farmers. That's why we got to make sure we remember. They are farmers. But some of them are rich farmers. Yes. Well, wine is a wonderful example of value added. Yes, that's right. And, um, and you know, technology plays its part. Um, and mm. the, the technology I'm thinking about in particular is that of the bottle and the cork. It transformed the wine industry. You know, before, uh, because uh, wine was just um, distributed uh by boat, usually in uh, oak casks. Uh, before that, I suppose, with the Romans in amphorae, things like that, mm-hmm. clay things. Once uh, bottles came into existence with cork stoppers, became airtight, these wines would not go off quickly. So, for instance, people buying Bordeaux barrels, um, because a great, a great um, business was built around Bordeaux, you'd probably want to drink that wine pretty quickly because by the time it was the end of the barrel, you'd probably be drinking pretty much vinegar. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we've mentioned the word chateau. Um, Maybe you could just explain a little bit more about that. Are we just really talking about uh, wine estates? Is that... um, Yeah, that's that's probably the best definition for uh, for chateau it's it's quite strong in 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 the in the bordeaux 
uh, wine region, you will not get chateaus or very little chateaus in uh, in in Burgundy forest. So it's ma- it's mainly a, a a kind of a the, the house of you know the, uh, you know the house of Lafitte. It, that would be pretty much what it means. Really, it's it's just the producer. So 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 you, chateau and and. In Bordeaux, but what would what would the well, they, because be? they are they are they, they they have wonderful chateaus on the property which were built uh, a, a lot of them by the English actually in the in the in the eighteenth okay so you're and saying the actual century. building a, a, that's a the chateau, building a mansion a, um, a yeah. manor house I mean yeah. domain might be a better word to use maybe right. domain yeah maybe so domain domain would be more translatable across all the regions and yes France, as to how they would describe themselves as a as yeah. a vineyard as a domain as a producer, producer. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yes mm. and chateau is very much uh, where well, we associate chateau with bordeaux really mm. because they have these wonderful castles mm-hmm. on their properties a little bit of in the loire valley as well which uh, which uh, yeah and as you'd expect with many things has there been consolidation in more recent times and particularly say the last 50 years or so as some of these chateaux have grown and become much more business-like, um, mm. have there have been purchase of surrounding lands, uh, other areas? Has yeah. that been a, a more of a recent change mm. in France? Yeah, of course, we all been we all been influenced by um, globalization and and things like this, and and it's uh, it's been tough for uh, for Europe as well with uh, you know with the newcomers um, from the from the new world. So um, you know, France got just short of nine hundred thousand hectares of vines. Um, you know, they're producing something like nearly three and a half thousand different kind of wine. So, uh, the world's, uh, are good drinkers, but, mm. but if you, uh, if you put, uh, Europe with that, if you put the new world with that, then definitely, um, you know, we got too much wine, really, uh, at the end of the day. Well, in France, anyway, uh, we got, uh, different ones. So there's, there's been a little bit of, uh, Consolidation, of consolidation, yeah. but you can still find small. Oh, very much so. Yeah, mm, very much so. And that's you know, and and that's why Europe is so famous for, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, it, there, there are still a lot of family uh, business, uh, a lot of family who are farming. Yep. you know their lands. So, yeah. it's, so it's very much about family and and about mm. villages and locations. Yep. Mm. Yep. Very much so. So, mm. of course, we we might have to talk about the uh, the, the, the major wine region of France because that's that's important, mm. you know. Um, and I think Mark made a very good point that uh, France has an ideal situation, ideal location for uh, for uh, viticulture. Mm. And uh, and depending if you're in the north or the south of France, then you're going to have different kind of a terroir and different kind of a style of wine. So um, the, the major one then will have to go, of course, um, Champagne, um, Alsace. Um, so more towards the east of France. Uh, if you want to go on the other side, on the western side, then you got the, the Loire Valley and then the very famous region of uh, of Bordeaux. Um, uh, a little bit um, south of France, and you got the Languedoc-Roussillon, which is uh, 
probably the, large, well, in fact, the largest one region in France. Then you've got probably the, the, the Rhone Valley, um, which is clearly divided in two parts, the Northern Rhone and the Southern Rhone. Then you've got uh, Burgundy, very much in the center, center of France. And then slightly um, more towards the east again, but a little bit further south Alsace, you've got the Jura region. So they are, and Provence, probably the south, south part of the, they're probably the major uh, one region in France, which um, which would be interesting to uh, visit uh, one by one, one one by one. And and as you start to look into into the regions, they're all quite unique. Very much so. Mm. Mm. You know, they all got their own heart and their own soul, aren't they? There's not one who makes wine the same, is there? Is it absolutely not? It's you know, you, you put one from next to another and you can tell they are not from the same region you could say they're from the different country mm. could you absolutely and would you find that with the cuisine as well as you went oh very much so. right okay so it's with part the of that whole with the cheeses yes mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's part of the whole you know terroir the, and, and, the, and, the, and part of the whole subculture around cuisine and wine yep and tradition yeah it's something that we in new zealand uh, miss really Mm. um there's there's not a sense of cuisine in new zealand to the same extent Mm. well to any extent really if Mm. you think about it where's the indigenous cuisine that we that we celebrate Mm. i i don't i don't think we have it um in the Mm. new world that much so in those regional cuisines do you think they have had some Influence on the types of wine that became predominant in those regions. No, because I think I think it's probably the opposite. I think mm-hmm. uh, the food would have probably more been been influenced by, uh, by, the, by, wine. by, so by the, the wine. So the wine comes first, and then the, mm. the food next. Yeah, or maybe together. Maybe together. Well, it's probably a little bit hard to um, unravel, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard it, to it's know. Nice to, uh, but you know, if 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 one uh, eats uh, beautiful spring lamb. That's grazed on the meadows. I don't want to get too romantic here. In in <laughs> Provence, it's 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 hard not to sense the uh, the fine herbs of uh, Provence um, infusing the meat. You mm. know, mm. Yes. Uh, you get a sense of thyme in French mm. lamb, mm. which is you know I don't want to come across as a francophile here, but it's the best lamb. In, I shouldn't say that for a New Zealand <laughs> wine podcast, but it's it's rather good. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. and, so if we just maybe just we'll quickly tick off some of the major regions. So starting at the top, Champagne. Mm-hmm. So well, it's very famous sparkling. Mm-hmm. Most people understand the word Champagne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's probably worth explaining a little bit about uh, Champagne that you can't use that word uh, if you don't actually make your wine in, in the region. Mm, very much mm. sure. Like you can't make a, a Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc if you're not in Marlboro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Is that? That's and right. So, and, and so what do we call them elsewhere around Sparkling, the world? Sparkling, bubbly, mm-hmm. fizz. Method Champenoise. I think the Champenoise have a problem with that as well. Oh, yeah, Method Champenoise. they got a big problem oh, really? with that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're so getting the method um, traditional. Traditional. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really the, the true terminology for them. Mm. But back in the 70s, you would see sparkling burgundies coming out of California, uh, mm. champ- Napa champagnes, what have you. It's mm. terrible. Mm. Um, so um, I'm really pleased that uh, 
the Appalachians. We we'll put a stop France. on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Put a stop on that. So well, that is, is a regional true. designation, isn't it? And I suppose that that's probably a good point to lead into French wines and how they're labelled or or identified, mm. because that's yeah. quite different to yeah. uh, for us here in 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 New Zealand and in a lot of the New World that. There's a different way of uh, we we talk about the varietal often first. It's the can I say it's the genius of France. Um, it it grew out of this concept of terroir, um, so centuries and centuries. But ultimately, it's the ultimate marketing ploy yes. for selling wine because anyone can grow a Cabernet Sauvignon and anyone does pretty much. Mm. But you cannot make a Margot. Or a Saint Julien. You, no. you you have to grow the grapes in these regions. Mm. Mm. So it's genius. Mm. Do you do um, you think that's um, being reflected and copied elsewhere in the world? You mean uh, the styles or, or the names? Or no. identifying a wine by place, predominantly by place first, and being known for a particular style with a particular varietal in a particular region. So do you think that's evolving, that people are able to say um, a central Otago Pinot and people aren't starting to understand what that means? Well, Otago is a, it's a, it's a big, you know, we, we're talking here they're quite small appellation, really, mm-hmm. to really define the style. Central Otago might be too big, but, but Oaks Bay, we were talking about Oaks Bay, you know, when you talk Gimlet Gravel, that's probably uh, the start of a, of, of a terroir definition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the difference, of course, is that Gimlet Gravels alone doesn't sell the wine because we as New World consumers are still looking for the varietal totally. to give mm. us a sense of what is the style of the wine. Mm. Yeah, mm. And, mm. and that's important to know when we're talking about French wine. And when we talk about Champagne, uh, we are talking about a region and a style, but that can be a different variety of uh, or, or varietals. There can be a different number of varietals that um, a Champagne is made from. Yeah, but but uh, mm. sorry, but but the, that actually that's kind of similar with the New World because you don't n- normally see New World sparkling wines giving um, the cépage on on the label. You're just you know they might say a blanc de blanc, so we're assuming that will be a hundred percent Chardonnay wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but in general, you're buying uh, like for instance Marlborough Dutz, that's a Pinot Noir Chardonnay blend, uh, but they don't really tell you what that blend is going to be. Mm. You're buying it because of the brand. The brand. Mm-hmm. Similar to uh, Moet or Vivrico, mm-hmm. you're buying the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, just quickly then, what are the varietals in Champagne? So we've got three, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two red and one white. The white is Chardonnay. Then uh, a Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier for the, for the two reds. So three grapes. Okay. And when you say red, it's not something we think of with Champagne. No. Nah. But don't forget that it's it's red grape with white juice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so the juice is white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The color only comes if we macerate, uh, if we infused, if you want to call it that way. Okay, the the the, 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 the skin with a white juice, and then that is what becomes red. But most of the um, uh, vitis vinifera have uh, grapes uh, have a white juice. Okay, mm. and. Is there any varietal that's more predominant in Champagne, in the region? 
No. The only thing we can say is Pinot Meunier is never uh, at the top of the list. It's either Chardonnay or Pinot Noir. Okay. The most predominant one. Okay. And, and very rarely uh, Pinot Meunier. And is that the same elsewhere around the world where sparkling whites? Or it can be made by or, or is it just developed into all sorts of things? All sorts made? of things. Mm. Mm. Just yeah. with the method, <laughs> the method is is the same, mm-hmm. you know. Or, or well, there's a couple of methods, but you know, uh, the true method traditionally is the same. But whatever you put in them, I don't think no one's got regulation of what to use or anything like this. No, no. 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 So we're seeing sparkling Sauvignon Blancs coming yep. out now. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a yeah. it's a good way. Well, even sparkling reds I've seen sort of yeah. around, and and, yeah. and that, that's worth noting that. Champagne is really the only sparkling wine region in France. Would that be right to say that? I mean, I know there are probably sparkling wines elsewhere, but as a known as the region, a that's dedicated. Is, you mean yes. a dedicated? Hmm. Um, yep. Don't forget that we do a, a little bit of um, still wine in uh, in Champagne, Champagne as well. Okay. Well, that's yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. What, when, what mm-hmm. is that? Oh, we do Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Bouzy is a, uh, um, a famous village, which are quite famous for their um, still um, white, uh, still red. Sorry, still red. Um, no many, no many whites. Yeah, still I, white. I had a coteau de uh, coteau champenois. Champenois. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. an old thirty-year-old tatanger. It was. Um, it, it was, was white. It was white. It was an yeah. interesting, interesting mm. experience. Are they known as champagne? Is that known as a champagne wine? Well, they are. They're from Champagne. Yes. Mm. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Mm. They are known but as it, Champagne it, wine. It might be Appalachian Coteau de Champenois. Is that? Um, well, they come from Champagne. So um, in the case of uh, a Bouzy, uh, Bouzy will have his own appellation, yeah. I think. So it'd be uh, Appellation Bouzy Controlé, I think. Yeah. Mm. But they're still Champagne, though. They come from the Champagne region. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But like I... You know, it's like, um, I don't know, Chateauneuf du Pape, he might have his own appellation, but it's still a Rhone Valley wine, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks, uh, gentlemen. We've uh, started our journey around the wine regions of mm. France. So we've explored a little bit of Champagne. Uh, and in our next episode, we'll be continuing on around France into the other regions. That concludes part one of our journey through France and our overview of the wine regions. Be sure to check in for part two. We will have a look at some other of the regions within France with Jean-Christophe Poisin and Mark today. Thanks for listening in. Hey, Konomai. Bye for now.